you're listening to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast to inspire, empower and support free spirits with a big idea, a project or craft they're passionate about and want to turn into a business. I'm Anka Herman, business coach and mentor, lifelong creator, online tech-loving geek, and I'm your host. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and share with your friends. Today's guest is my dear friend and colleague, Jill C. Brown, who's going to share with us her journey and how she found the can-do shoes she now helps other people to find. Enjoy. Welcome, Jill. I'm excited to have you on the Passion Business Podcast. Thank you, Anka. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, now, let's just dive straight in. Share with our listeners who you are, where you live, and what's your business now? Okay. I'm Jill Brown, and I live in South Wales in the UK. And my business now is Advanced Life Coaching, where I help people who are stuck after an illness or a diagnosis, where they feel that their adventures are over and they're stuck with what they have and they don't see a way forward. Yeah, that's powerful work, isn't it? I think most people would immediately be able to think of somebody who would really be helped by that if it's not themselves. Yes, so, it to me, so. Yeah, I bet, I bet. When I, I know, but I think it's, it's, probably, it's probably easy to guess that there's a personal person story behind that. So yeah. why don't you take us through your journey? What, like nobody... Nobody goes to school thinking, when I grow up, you know, I want to be a coach for people who, who are struggling with, you know, finding their way after the diagnosis. So how did you go from, you know, going to school, doing your normal thing, to actually deciding to start your own business and then get to where you are now? Right. Well, um, like you say, it didn't happen from school. And I did an awful lot of jobs when I was younger, from hairdressing to working in an operating department with the passing the instruments to the surgeon. And I printed CDs where I was the only female printer they had. And from there, I decided to be a driving instructor. And I did the training on my days off because I worked shifts. And... At 26 or 27, I left my job and went self-employed. Now, wow. there wasn't the information then. With There was no Google or anything like that. So I had no idea what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no conception of what it was going to be like working for myself. But I, I, I worked for um, a large driving instructing school for two years. And it actually took six months 
with all the backing they have before I had a full week's work. Yeah. My, my first week I had two hours work. Yeah. And the following week, I think it was three hours and it, it gradually built up. But with all the resources they had and marketing and being on the high street in the city, it still took six months. Yeah. And I think that's a lot more normal than most people think when they start out. There's always yeah. that idea. I, I remember speaking to people who said, you know, this isn't working. You know, I advertised my business like crazy, but I haven't got a client. And it turns out, how long have you been? Yeah, it's been two weeks. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I think the expectations that that is sort of subtly communicated by all these, you know, four weeks and six weeks to, you know, and all these the instant gratification monkeys, you know, the, the, the stuff that appeals to the infant instant gratification monkeys where people think they have to offer quick solutions to be able to sell it. But in the end, I think it sort of just creates that expectation. But then what you just shared, yeah, that kind of fits in with my experience and everybody else's I've ever spoken to. Yeah. And, and it was quite a nerve wracking experience at the time. Yeah you know, with a mortgage to pay and bills. And suddenly I'd gone from a full-time job and two hours work. It was like, oh, yeah, you know, this has got to change. And it was quite frightening at that point. But it did change. And I stayed there for two years, learned everything I could. And then I got my own car and went out on my own. And because I already had that reputation anyway, and a lot of people knew about me, work wasn't a problem then. And I never had to advertise. Yeah. I always had a waiting list. Oh, that's, that's nice, yeah. So, so it would be um, word of mouth, or how would people find you? Word of mouth, I also had a sign on top of my car Mm. with the name of my driving school and the phone number. Mm. And I always asked how people got my name and my number. And I think it was about 70% got it from my actual sign on top of the car. Oh. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it was... Um, when I left <laughs> the, the big driving school... They said to me, oh, you won't last six months on your own. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And I lasted over 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's like, stop you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I taught automatic and specialized in teaching disabled people to drive as well. And yeah. that was one of the reasons why they said, oh, you won't last six months because nobody else was doing it on their own. They only had two driving instructors doing it for them. So it was, I was the only one out there as an independent doing that. Yeah, but that makes so much sense. It's that, you know, what we often hear is like, you have to find yourself your little corner 
where, you know, you're the expert. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't want to go out and say I sew everything for everybody. I made flamenco dance costume very specific, you know, and I was the sort of the same. My dresses were the marketing. I never had, I never ever advertised anywhere and people would just come. And it's usually what, what we're told. And like in the coaching area, it's the same thing. You can't coach everybody for everything. And so you've basically done what makes all the sense in the world. And still they thought you wouldn't be able to make it. Why, why, why do you think? What did they think would, why didn't they They think? They didn't think there'd be enough work. Mm. They thought that it was such a small, limited number that wanted automatic and were disabled that there just wouldn't be enough work for me with them, with two driving instructors doing it as well. Mm. But there you see. All the other independent driving instructors, if they had anybody call them and ask if they did automatic, they sent them to me as well. Mm. Because I wasn't their direct competition. Yeah. You know, so I had no competition as such either. Yeah, but that's that's the whole point, you know, to say to have to find yourself your little, you know, specialty where, yeah, where you don't really compete with anybody. No. Yeah. And you know, I I didn't think about anybody else. I only worried about what I was doing and who who I was talking to. You know, in in terms of what they wanted from driving. Yeah, sounds like you offered a lot more than driving instruction. Well, to be honest, somebody said to me, do you realize for all those years you were coaching? Mm. And I I was, you know, but I didn't even know about coaching then. Yeah. You know, it was practically unheard of. So... What happened then when I trained to be a coach? I was told I needed knee replacements. And then I got diagnosed diabetic. And that was, felt like the end of the world. Yeah, I bet. And when people say, oh, it's only diabetes, it's nothing. And then you, you get told all the things, the health implications of diabetes. You know it's not nothing, that it doesn't matter. You know, don't walk on barefoot on the sand because if you cut, you could get an infection. That could mean you lose your leg. Jesus. Um, so, mm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's scary. And it, it stopped me in my tracks for a while. And... Um, then I realized I can't stay in this place of being afraid and being afraid to live and don't walk further than a mile and don't do gardening without strapping up your knees. Mm. Um, I thought, no, there's got to be a better way. And I went to see a personal trainer and got strong. Um, I can walk 10 miles now, no problem. Oh. And I've no knee replacement, and I reduced my diabetes. And at the time, there was there was no information about low carb diet mm. 
or it was just starting to be heard of, but the NHS were like, no, don't do that, that's bad. And I had to do a lot of research and testing foods for myself. So I'd eat something, check my blood and see how it affected me. And I found strawberries affected me terrible. If wow. I ate two or three strawberries, my blood sugars went sky high. So I did all that on my own. And then I decided I trained to be a coach because I'd practically done it for 20 odd years as a driving instructor. Mm. So I, I thought I'd go ahead and train, but it's, it's been a lot different and there's been a lot in when I was teaching people to drive, I didn't really need to understand marketing mm. because I was always busy. I didn't have to even market myself. Um, everything that you need to do to set up a business as a coach is new to me. Yeah. You know, all of social media and what you need to do and what you should do and yeah. everything is is just new yeah i relate to that because i transitioned from the from the sewing and that same situation i never had to advertise work just came and and it was really easy to yes. to explain to somebody what I was offering. Yes. And usually I didn't have to because they'd already seen a dress of mine, you yeah. know, and because they'd always come because they'd seen something and they'd yeah. been somewhere and watched some flamenco and seen the dance. Oh, I love your dress. Where'd you get that from? And that's how they got my number. So there was already, they knew what I was doing and they already knew they wanted, they wanted something. You know, so it was just a matter of sorting out, okay, you know, what color do you want and what and when? And so basically talking logistics. There was never that sense that I had to explain my services in any way. So it was just yeah. like really tangible, visible, like there it is, you know. And that's, I see yeah. the same with you. It's like, okay, I teach you how to drive. So at the end of the day, you walk out of there with your driver's license and everything that gives you. And yeah. I, there's the sense that coaching is a different animal in that way because it's, it it's felt for quite some time, it's felt as this elusive, invisible product. Mm. It, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Mm. And I mean, I, I teach families to drive. Yeah. You know, I, I taught one woman, then I taught her mother. And then years later, I taught her daughter. Wow. And so you, you could see, and then you get aunties and, and, like you probably when they would say who made your dress they probably say your name and say oh she's wonderful you mm. know and straight away they've got that feeling of they know you yeah. in some way and with the coaching that that has to be built yeah you know people get to know you through social media so yeah. it's it's important to be seen there because that's how 
people get to know who you are and knowing who somebody is 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 important never more so than in the coaching it's so such a personal service because like i don't have to i don't have to like my driving instructor and i don't have to like my dressmaker you know but i i don't think you could work with a coach you don't kind of resonate with so it's a lot more and there's also the part like our part of finding that little corner like the driving instructor for you know automatic and for disabled people or whatever whatever your thing is you know that that equivalent so how did you arrive at yours if you enjoy this episode please don't forget to subscribe and if you're curious what's involved in starting your own podcast go to ankerherman.com forward slash launch your podcast to find out what's involved that's ankerherman a-n-k-e-h-e-r-r-m-a-n-n.com forward slash launch your podcast back to the episode Well, it was because of my knees and my mm-hmm. diabetes. And I taught so many people to drive who were disabled or who had illnesses. Yeah. And one of the things that really is, is, is difficult for somebody with an illness is, is when they have something that's not visible. Yeah. So if somebody's in a wheelchair or you know, using a stick or using something that you can physically see, mm. then you know that they have something wrong. Yes. But I taught somebody to drive who had heart, liver, and kidney problems. Mm. Visibly, to look at her, you wouldn't know there was anything wrong. Yeah. But she'd end up back and forth in hospital and, and really ill at times. And invisible illnesses are difficult because if you want to ask for help, people don't understand you need the help because they can't see a reason for it. Yeah. You know, so it takes courage then to, to say, I need help, I'm struggling. It always does, doesn't it? And then it's even harder if somebody says, well, what's wrong with you? Why do you need help? You know, I, I often refer to it as the paper cut. Mm. You know, it's practically invisible, but it's really painful. Yeah. And we can suffer and really be needing some support. And the rest of the world it looks fine and even the first step to recognize it for yourself yeah i think it often even starts there oh it does yeah Mm. you have to recognize where you are yourself and accept that place you know it's this is this is how i am now and and take ownership of that because if you if you don't own that it i mean it's yours but you can step out and move beyond it, but you have to own it first. Yeah. 
reminds me of, I can't remember her name, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of her, Claire, Claire, I'm just thinking of Winehouse, but I think it wasn't Winehouse. That, Amy Winehouse? No, 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 Claire, what, that, that, that girl who had this illness with like, her lungs were like basically not really functioning and filling up with, with, with fluid. With fluid. And, yeah. and she passed away not long ago. But she, like I remember she gave this talk that really had, gets me emotional every time I can't think of it because she separated happiness from health. And I'd never looked at it that way. And I often think of it when you talk because there's that, yes, there's your illness and it comes with, you know, whatever treatment, with whatever fears, whatever, you know, whatever you're going through there. But that doesn't mean you can't be happy. You can't no. have a fulfilled life and you can't enjoy life. No, you can either let it define you. Yes. Or you can move outside of it and define yourself. Yeah. You know, it's your choice. Yeah. So tell, 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 tell people your trademark phrase because I absolutely love that. <laughs> Putting on your candle shoes. Yes. I love I love the candle shoes. They're so powerful. Yes, yes. Because we've all got candle shoes. Yeah. You know, it's it's just a matter of putting them on and, and walking away in them. Yeah. And remembering you've got them. Yes. Yes. We have to remember they're there. We have to acknowledge the candle shoes. Yeah. And I guess that's what you do for your clients. Don't you? Yes, yes. It's it's awful when I think of people stuck and they think they're defined by what they've been told their life's got to be like. And you know, some people end up with an accident and they're told they'll never walk again. And despite that, they do walk again. Yeah. And they don't walk, they end up running. And You know, years ago, we didn't have the Paralympics. Mm. And if somebody lost a limb, they wouldn't be able to go mountain climbing, do gymnastics. And now all those things are done. Yeah. And it, it only takes one person to say, I really want to do that. Let's find a way. Yeah. And somebody helps. They find a way. And the next thing you know, you've got somebody running with false legs and climbing mountains. And it's like, well, they do more than I do. Yes. <laughs> There's, did, have you come across that, that lady, weirdly enough, her name's Claire too, on LinkedIn. She's paralyzed from the chest down. Oh. And she, and she, well, she, she's pretty young still. She had, she was a horse rider and she, I think she was like very active, even like, don't know whether she, whether it was like professional sports career, but like she was very, you know, into the whole horse riding thing. And I think, they were, you know, she basically, she had an accident. 
and yeah and ever since she's been paralyzed like not not from the waist down but from the chest down so she can't wow. feel anything and now she's a motivational speaker and i my she caught my attention on linkedin because mm. she does these challenges where she you know she did the london marathon in one of those robotic suits and now she's right. doing motorcycle races where they where she does like where they call the motorcycle races she gets on one of those bikes and she goes shit, shit, shit. i never used to ride a bike and it's really difficult because i can only feel the handlebars i can't feel the bike at all you know so basically she gets shot into one of those suits and and then and she does these challenges you know and and she and she tells the story how of course when that first happened she thought her life was over you know and that sense of loss of oh am i ever gonna have I, I wanted to have a family and have a normal life you know and now she met her husband she has i think a couple of kids and wow. she's the motivational speaker and you know and she does these challenges to raise awareness and and she's just having she said well actually i have a fuller life now than i had before yeah so really i often think of her as well when when you know when when i think about what what, what you offer yeah help I mean, really. stuff is possible yeah the question is what's stopping you yeah you know what stops if she can do that <laughs> what really is stopping you yeah what do you find you is know, most of the time people stopping people just not believing that they can do it mm. accepting this is it that nothing else is available and just also getting a little bit into their own heads mm. of believing that this is where I have to be that there's no stepping forward that those things are for other people they're special people yeah whereas they're not special people they're just ordinary people and it's accepting that you as you are can do great things That's but only can-do shoes yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> so where are your can-do shoes taking you next what's what's coming up for you where you're headed from now right well i'm writing an article at the moment to help people who are leaving hospital and after quite a long visit in hospital or uh, operation going home is quite a scary situation it feels like it should be something exciting but suddenly you no longer have the 24-hour care mm. and it's also very nerve-wracking for the carer because suddenly now you're responsible for making sure that that person is looked after properly to yeah. continue to heal. So that's something I'm writing at the moment, which will be available soon. And people can email me and, and 
get that information. Um, I offer a eight week coaching where we look at where somebody is now and where they want to be. And I support them move through that place, putting on their can-do shoes. That's fantastic. So where can people find you? Right. My, my website is jillcbrownadvancedlifecoaching.com and they can email me at info at jillcbrownadvancedlifecoaching.com Wonderful. I'll put that in the, in the show notes as well to make it easy for people to Thank find you. It. it is a bit long, I know. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I just, I just want you to say it out if somebody just listens to it in the car or something so that they can at least sort of pick it up. Well, thank you so much for coming. I really um, admire the work you do because I think it's just so necessary and there's just not enough of it out there. So I think you're going to have the same problem as you had in the driving school if you've got your long waiting list. For sure, for sure. Well, thanks so much. And Thank you. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Passion Business Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss the next one.